Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 120 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Atnip in the studio with what seems like the only humans I have contact with. James Cook, Andrew Rosenthal. You guys, I realized that today I got in the shower. I like got all nice and cleaned up. And I feel like I was like getting dressed to go to the prom just to see you guys. Because after last week, I actually realized I don't think I put deodorant on for like five days last week. <laughs> It was. Uh, I was thinking about like all the money people would be saving on stuff since they're staying at home like that. Like how often people probably aren't washing their hair or putting deodorant on and getting a haircut. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, doing their laundry. Oh, my hair is getting so long. Dude, Patrick but, Mahomes put out a tweet the other day that it's been like a month since he's got a haircut. He's gonna be like a, an afro by the time this is all over. I read an article around the time of the Super Bowl that he flew his barber down to Miami. To well, get a haircut there. Well, that doesn't surprise me. I wonder. Sure I really wonder how he's doing. Like the dude's got the most identifiable hair in America. He's doing just as crappy as the rest of us. Nobody can get a haircut. But I feel like it would be funny if he just put a photo on Instagram of what it's like every single day. It's not going to change much. Hair only grows like a centimeter a day. You got to do like a month at a time if you're going to do those pictures. But well, we, we'll, we'll we check in maybe. with him in July. But my 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 thing was, this is literally the only time that I leave the house. <laughs> Yeah, this is like the one time a week. I, I go grocery shopping after I leave here, oh, I haven't even and that's the only shopping. time I leave. I went on a run in my neighborhood. I, I, I mean, I, t- I took a hike on Saturday because I've lived over in the Holiday Hills for two years, and there's this, like, Woodland Hills Nature Preserve that's over there, like, right off Five Mile that I literally drive by every single day. And I was just like, oh, it can't be much. Man, it's like a solid, like, two square miles just, like, of expansive wilderness. I have no idea how. But there's literally, like, a gigantic sand dune in the middle of the forest. There had to be water there at some point, but, like, there's so much sand here that, like, somebody couldn't have put it here. You gotta take some sand and put it somewhere else! Like, but see, but you could, like, see this from space. And I have no idea. Like, I was just dumbfounded when I when I was out there. Because I went and I hammocked on Wednesday last week, and I went back out there on Saturday. Because it's literally, like, a mile down the road from my house. Like, we, I hiked far enough that I was basically back at my house, and I had to hike all the way back to get back to my car. So I was like, man, next time I'll just walk there in the first place. But that's the only time I've left my house <laughs> in the last seven days. <laughs> I mean, it's starting to get to everybody, I think. Did you guys make the most of your weekend, at least? Yeah, we got a bunch of yard work done. Went out in the woods and uh, cut down some of the trees that had fallen over in the last couple of years from, like, those windstorms and stuff that we got. And got some extra got, firewood. Got some firewood now. Maybe have some bonfires someday. That ain't bad. Me and Andrew were raving the night away on Friday. I did the same thing all night on Saturday. I made the most of my weekend. If that's what you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, I was partying. <laughs> I, I was okay. dancing. I did a, in my Sunday column, I talked about this, but I changed my, uh, I, I've done a thing with, with the Record Eagle Zoom, Zoom meetings that I've changed my uh, Zoom background every single day. One was Woodward and Bernstein from the Washington Post newsroom. And then Friday night when me and Jake zoomed, I changed it to a video from like an EDM concert. Yeah. I didn't have any like lights in my apartment. But that was uh, my because like I have people. I have like I gave all my like party lights from college to like Harris and BB over at seven and four for like their basement. But they have since like filled their basement with stuff, and we don't like party in there anymore. So he gave me all my lights back, which was great just before this quarantine because. I mean, there's literally, I mean, the last couple of nights we've had like somewhere between 10 and 15 people on Zoom all like watching because they had like a full digital like music festival live stream for EDM this past weekend. That was which, pretty, that was really, and, really cool. And I really want to like, cooler than I thought it would Yeah, be. and I really want to bring it up because like I just thought it was really like they, they did it 
to like help support COVID nineteen, but it also raised to like help nearly two hundred thousand dollars too. Listen, this is what I was about to say is it was the the way they did it is it's supposed to help the artists who are who got all their shows canceled, got all their stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because they're not making any money right now either. But it was like donation based. Like you didn't have to pay to like watch a stream or anything like that. They raised over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's insane. But I mean, to be honest with you, like I donated a little bit of money over the weekend because it I was just like some money. Yeah, because it was honestly like from. 3 p.m. until 3 in the morning, they had live, well, it was, it was, most of them were pre-recorded, but there was a bunch of different ones going on, but the Digital Mirage thing in general was just literally non-stop live stream music from 3 in the afternoon to like 3 in the morning all weekend. So like I didn't even really watch TV. It was just a good escape. Right. I didn't have to have the I didn't have to have the news. And these on. DJs were like DJs I knew about, like Griffin, Louis the Child. I mean, these are just like big name people. I mean, they're but they're all struggling. Seven just lines. Like we are. Um, yeah, I got to see so many good DJs. But and, and I talked about this. It was kind of an enhancement in a way because at a concert, the only thing you can focus on is how your eardrums are going to be broken. No, you can wear your own heads, headphones and it's like a concert within yourself. Like that's the way they want you to hear the music, the way it's streamed over the internet. There was like there, there was there were so many perks to it, but I can tell you this much. There was nothing more than I wanted to just be in the pit of well, a crowd. Yeah. Because uh, when you're sitting there in your living room and you're dancing for three days straight and you're sweating because you're jumping around and you're just like, man, I really wish I was just like actually there. I thought that it was, that there was a couple there was a couple good things. You could like use the bathroom and like I was literally eating like a fat plate of nachos during like one of my favorite artists just like, yeah, like here's a good live set and I'm eating a nice fat plate of nachos sitting on my couch in my sweatpants. And it was just, it was, it was a lot of fun, but hey, we made the most of it and I, I've, I've had a lot of fun with it over the past couple of weeks. I mean, our I, virtual pint night and everything was just a blast. I the, think the beer it, runs a lot faster. Oh my god! Oh yeah, when you're when you're when you're at home, the beer runs a lot faster. I think it would be so cool if like Adele, some of the biggest artists you can think of, all came together and did this sort of um, digital music festival. I can't imagine how many people would watch that if it was on a free streaming platform like Twitch, YouTube. I thought that at least this weekend was a lot of fun. It seems like they're going to keep on the second doing it. city had a Zoom chat, and they it was you know they're an improv club in Chicago. They were accepting ideas for the their little skits through the chat function. Oh, that's cool. So you know, like you, if you're in the back of the the theater, you usually don't have a say in that stuff. You'd have to be like loud as heck. No, but you'd you, have to be me. <laughs> I think I think they actually used one of my ideas in the stream too. Well, that's cool. And that's well, the, cool. the thing about that, second. Yeah, that there's different there's different things about this that is really cool and interactive, and but. Oh man, I just I already miss it. I was supposed to be at a concert on Saturday night in Detroit. Like that was one of the that was the third or the second or third one already that was canceled for me, so it hurts. But Jake, I brought up one thing like one of the first weeks that this that this all happened. How is this gonna affect the music industry? And to be honest with you, I think the music industry has been the one shining light of this. That there can be the one that make people feel happy. At least from the EDM side. I mean but it's always have, been like that. But, but you've had Garth Brooks doing uh living room living room concerts. I think it's just a lot easier with the EDM scene because in a whole it's a more technologically advanced crowd than people who are, you know, listening to Adele or whatever, like as bad as it sounds, the the mainstream pop artists who your mom is listening to, your mom's not on Twitch, so like that's kind of a hard kind of a hard back and forth. Yeah, sure, you could pull up a YouTube thing, but that's like a lot of the EDM people are already have this live stream stuff ready because dude, they're like video gamers and stuff. Like they like stream on Twitch on the regular at night when they're not making music. So like they've been ready for this type of stuff. But I think like on April fourth, which was four oh four day. T 
T-Pain and Lil John did a music battle. That's sweet. On Instagram Live. 250,000 viewers. So, And like, you had, like, all these, like, massive people. Like, Drake was a commentator. Um, DJ Snake was a commentator. So he opened up the comment section to only, like, certain verified accounts. And they were the ones that were doing their commentary on it. And you know how the Sports Illustrated Instagram will just drop into random live streams? They were there, too. Oh, yeah, I mean, everybody's bored. There were so <laughs> many check marks next to that stream, it was funny. Well, we have a loaded show for you guys today. We got news last Thursday evening, Friday morning, that the MHSAA has canceled all winter and spring sports. We'll get into that in the pulse. We have a great interview with our girls basketball player of the year, Cadillac's Molly Anderson. Uh, she joined us via telephone, and we had a great conversation with her, and we are going to go ahead and follow that up with the reveal of our girls all-region team that wasn't Sunday's edition of the Record Eagles, so make sure you go pick that up to get the full, uh, full team. But we're going to run through those and let you guys know who our selections for our all-region dream team was this year. Then we're going to add a few more names into the Get Around Hall of Fame, and we're going to retroactively put them in. So we have three new people uh, going in for their performances over the, the winter sports season. And then we're going to get into the trifecta. What we should do during the spring is just start putting people in from spring sports. Yeah, yeah, I know, for the Hall of Fame. Like it was going on. Yeah, we're going to. That's yeah. what I figured. Just kind of just like futures or whatever. But uh, before we get too far in, still have to remind you, this podcast sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. We're going to go ahead and put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse. I think I'm going to have to stop leading in with that because there's no pulse to the sports world right now. And I don't want to be like that, but like I just said a few minutes ago, the MHSAA, the governing body of high school sports in the state of Michigan, came out and basically said there's no competition happening. Any dreams we had of pickup games or district titles, they, it's not happening. They said that they went through went through the rounds and tried to think of everything, but they came up with a solution. They, well, yeah, but once once Gretchen Whitmer, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, shut down schools uh, permanently for the rest of the year. I think what I got out of that press release was it was the facilities that kind of was the the deciding factor of this. We, we you know. We, they want to play the games, but they aren't really sure where they where they can have. Well, I mean, of course they want to play the games, but that's what that's what I mean is that there's no place that like there, that's what I mean. Without the schools on board, you can't just like hop into a gym and do it. Like these are the, I mean, like, those are not where gonna, the gyms. It doesn't are. matter. Like you, you, there was no chance for pickup games because they're gonna have school buildings closed or whatever. I was like, I never thought there was gonna be. You can't have like a playground pickup game where you're doing refs on some metal rims or something like that. Like you can't. It just it just never was going to work out in my book. That's what I meant. I know we're not surprised. No, we've been. I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks. But I mean, I know the athletes kind of. It's hard to say, but you know, it's when you see the news the past couple weeks, it's hard to not see something like that coming. Well, of course, like this is the only time. I mean, my graduate, my college commencement ceremony got canceled on Thursday, the same day that the sports got canceled. Or no, sports got canceled on Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, no, we found out about that. Yeah, right. <laughs> No, I mean, just, this is the one thing, this domino and this, like, line of dominoes was the only one at this point that I knew was going to happen. Uh, up until this point, I kind of was, like, in disbelief of every step, just, like, saying, de- de- denial almost. It's Why is happen. this happening? Like, is this, happen. is this like, that serious? But to be honest with well, you... Well, I don't think that's that serious. I'm just in denial that it's just, like, 
oh, come on, it's all going to get better. To be honest with you, I kind of had a change of heart in all of this. Like, at first I thought this shouldn't be happening, but now I'm like, we should be doing more. Well, like, at first I was, like, I was unsure of really what the situation was about, but now that there's more data to, about the disease and how it's spreading through to communities, it it makes me think, like, oh, maybe I was wrong this whole time, and that's okay. Yeah, I've I, I, I listened back to our COVID-19 podcast the day that everything kind of just, like, got suspended. And to be honest with you, like, I really liked that show. So, like, if you go, if you go back and listen to it, we made some good points, and you can tell there was optimism in her voice. There was also negativity. We we were very unsure of what was going to go on, and I said it online. I said, I mean, I tweeted it just as late as Thursday, six weeks ago, at the beginning of March, right? If you would have told me March first that the MHSAA was going to cancel sports, I would have put money on the table and said, "What are you talking about?" And like, I have no, I have no qualms with admitting that because guess what? On March first. There wasn't even as much as um, we knew there someone, was some, but there wasn't even as much as somebody outside of Washington State who actually was a confirmed case. The problem was, yeah, there were cases, and there was it was there was we knew that there were some locally transmitted cases in the United States. But two weeks ago, two weeks later, we learned that that was more serious, and with the nature of that, this disease, that's too late. Well, well, that's that's just how it is now, and yeah. I mean, we're, it's all rapidly growing and changing. Every We know this. Dude. We've been in the middle of this news cycle for the last couple of weeks, and it's going to change every second. I know. Yeah, well, but believe it or not, I still have friends on Facebook who like think this whole thing is still just, they're not taking it seriously. They're coming up with conspiracy theories and that this is going to be martial law and the government take over and or, the, or that it's a media hoax yeah. and that the media is doing this for some reason when you have like, something that if you want if you want to blame the media though media is losing money over like the newspaper is losing money now oh. we're hemorrhaging advertisers because all the businesses are closed i mean we're, and that's we're, we're, where our money comes from we, we were literally cut we cut down what three sections out of our newspaper yeah did that out of necessity to yeah. keep to keep it going and being able to still supply information um, but I mean, th- from a money standpoint, the, the, the newspaper's not benefiting from this whatsoever. Not in the slightest. And people, uh, people who are telling me that you know this is all media-driven to, to drive up their clicks and everything. That's I don't like, know. Yeah, well, I don't like, know what you're talking about because uh, every clicks day, make up so little of our revenue. Regardless, every day online I see online revenue, it's less than ten percent. So many journalists being furloughed right now. I mean, we're gonna you're you're on furlough coming up here, you know, in the next week. Uh, you're going to be take. you know, we have to take our forced furloughs. I mean, we, luckily enough, we're a little bit used to having to do one, but this, you know, it could turn into more than that. And we don't know, mm-hmm. but there's journalists all over the country who are getting forced out of work right now. All we need is a, the news in order to make sure people are informed. I mean, I was on the phone with the, the Grand Traverse County prosecuting attorney today, and that's all she said. She was just like, you guys are more important than ever right now because there's so many people confused about what's going on. So many people, like, just are making their own assumptions or this or that. Like, you guys are just as more important than ever. And it's like, yes, but people just want to take things the way they see them. And I still see people sticking to – people kind of seem to be sticking to their knowledge of the virus from a month ago. Which, once again, like like changing. Like that we haven't learned anything new about it. You know, I still see people assuming that it only kills old people. And it's like no, there's been there's people there's plenty people plenty of cases of people in their 30s, 40s, 50s dying, even 20s. There was a kid at Western Michigan University, 22 years old. Yeah, took him three days to pass away. And I had so many people that just they were like, oh, it's just gonna be just gonna be elderly people anyway. And I'm like, well, first off, 
that's just morally reprehensible. Yeah. Because what, just, you, you don't care? You don't care about grandma? I mean... Your mom? You know? Anybody? That isn't even it. I mean, it, and we're learning more and more about this, and, I'm, know, I'm talking and we're going to gonna learn so much more. Yeah, like, there's still, there's months ahead of learning about the new virus. Like, yeah. Does it have impacts, health impacts down the road? Yeah, like, I don't think anybody knew what we were getting into, in the general public, at least. And now... We just have to deal with it. I mean, I think, I mean, Andrew, you're going to tell us this week if this social distancing is kind of actually playing a part in how well this is doing. But this is, when, this is when we're going to start actually seeing it. Like, you know, we've been in this for over two weeks. Me, I mean, we've been on the COVID beat for a few weeks. And every single time I've heard, you know, we're getting tests from March 7th, getting tests from March 12th, getting tests from March 15th. I mean, it's April 4th. We're just getting into the thick of it and that's why everybody says the next couple of weeks are going to be the worst but it's like i'm hoping i'm just hoping and praying that this ends before the summertime comes and it doesn't resurface because man they're, they're starting they were talking about the nfl they were talking about high school football talking about all this stuff in the fall and like man i cannot project that far ahead where do we go from here? Keep it locked at the get around. We're going to keep talking. Mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. Like I said at the top of the episode, this is the only time I get to get out of the house. So this is keeping me sane. Yeah. We'll be here. We're, we'll chat with you. We hope we have sports to cover in late August. Oh. Well, some of the athletic directors I've talked to have, they think that the, that fall sports, the start of fall sports might be pushed back a little bit. Not like a lot, maybe, but like a couple weeks, maybe. I think everybody's just starting to prepare for the worst. Yeah. But I don't even think that anybody knows what the worst could actually be. One of the uh, athletes that I was talking to, uh, Heidi Walters, for Traverse City Central Softball, um, she was uh, saying that she doesn't even think that her first semester of college is going to be in person. She thinks that the next that the first semester next year will be online, online only, too. We did get a, a thank you card this week from uh, Jackson Raymond from, from East Jordan. For coming on the podcast? Yeah. Hey. And, and covering us all season and everything like that. Apparently, uh, it was part of a classroom assignment while they were on break and everything for his English class was that they had to write thank you letters to people. That's nice. That's nice. Everybody likes thank you letters. So Please, write hand, us thank you letters. So we got a handwritten <laughs> handwritten thank you letter from Jackson Raymond. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Jackson Raymond, East Jordan. Appreciate you for appreciating us. Now, obviously, we'll have plenty more to talk about with all these cancellations and everything. We're going we're gonna to keep it locked. We're going to keep it fresh. We're going to keep up with the brackets. We actually had uh, our Starch Madness finish this week. We'll get into that uh, after our interview with Molly Anderson, our Girls Player of the Year in Basketball from Cadillac. Let's go ahead and give our listen to that now. The Get Around Podcast is extremely excited to welcome in our 2019-2020 Girls Player of the Year in Girls Basketball, Molly Anderson from Cadillac. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today, Molly. Thank you so much. Obviously, a great season over there at Cadillac. You guys only had one loss on the year, and you guys ran through the BNC. You had so much uh, good talent on that team. But getting picked as our Player of the Year, I mean, I know you just found out over the last week, but... What what about this season do you think uh, was able to help the Vikings get to that 23-1 and mark? We have a lot of junior and senior leadership on our team, and I think the experience from last year we brought in too. Uh, the new talent also like allowed us to, like I don't know, have more assets on the team when needed, and just taking each game like like making it making it as if it's like the biggest game of the year because every game in the BNC is pretty hard as we've learned over time. So it was a good run though. 
obviously, you know, there was a lot of momentum for you guys at the end of the season. Uh, I know that you guys were firing on all cylinders. You had a couple really close games in the playoffs, but how were you guys feeling towards the end of the year? And what, what were you guys' you know, aspirations as this kind of had to taper off? We were super excited for that game uh, against the Sioux in the regional final. We had prepared for a few days and we kind of we kind of saw it coming, and after a few close games against Reed City and Ludington and the Big Rapids, the big district final, it kind of like boosted our momentum going into that, going into that regional. And then we always had, we've always wanted to play in Breslin. I mean, we, I still, I still got next year, but for those seniors, it was really hard to not be able to. But overall, it was still, we still like managed to do what we could. Now, I know one of those seniors that was on your team, and like you said, I know there was a lot of leadership, was McKenna Bryant. And one of the interesting things, I know you guys only had that one loss on the season, and I it was when mm-hmm. McKenna was out of the game. Um, it was a close game as well, but what was it like when you guys had the full complement of players and obviously that, that loss to Glen Lake, which is a very good team, uh, when, mm-hmm. when McKenna was out? Um, what was the dynamic like for you guys this year, especially with somebody who's as aggressive as McKenna, um, kind of holding on to the ball and, and running everything? Yeah, Kenna, it was, it, I love playing with her. She's always right where, like, I needed to be, and she kind of takes care of the ball and gets it to everybody on our team and spreads out the floor. But when we didn't have her against Glen Lake, it obviously hurt us because she at least, I mean, she puts the ball in the hoop, and we didn't we didn't have that that one game, and it, we were all pretty exhausted because we had to handle the ball more than we usually do. Mm-hmm. And that's going to kind of be how it is next year, so we've got to get used to that. Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to talk about that. I, I know it's a shame that we kind of just found out that you guys will not get a chance to kind of get back together. But um, to talk about the future at Cadillac, uh, we'll, we'll go back a little bit on what, you know, what's going on right now. But to talk about the future of Cadillac, I mean, obviously you guys still, like you said, have a lot of young players and a lot of people who have experience now and haven't made a run like this. Have you guys already been kind of like talking about next year now that this year has been, uh, you know, kind of put on the back burner? Yeah, definitely. We have a really big class of sophomores that'll be on our team to like fill some pretty important roles. And our senior class will be pretty deep. We'll have, I think, six of us. And that's a lot of like leadership right out, right out in front. And then with all those talented players coming up, we're working through like the whole program too. Like it's all cat, it's the whole cat like basketball program. We're just trying to like influence them to get out and play too. Who are some of the players that are most likely to step into that void of uh, the you know all the the role that uh, McKenna played this year? For McKenna's spot, it'll probably be well me and Olivia Meyer. She's also a guard on our team. She will both have to take care of the ball more. But then also we have some guards such as like. Kendall Shupai and Ashlyn Lundquist that were pulled up for districts this year. And I, I could see them taking some min- good minutes on the court. Yeah, the boys and the girls won the Big North Conference this year. How, how cool was that? That was awesome. That hadn't happened for, like, our school for a while. And when we heard the boys won, we were like, dang, like, we're pretty, I guess it just, like, showed that Cadillac's, like, putting their name out there. And we're just not a small school. And then you had you and Tip were the... Big North Players of the Year. Uh, yeah. Just another feather in the cap there. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think that says about um, Cadillac as a basketball program right now? I mean, you guys still are the only Division Two and Division Two school in the Big North Conference. Yeah, it's a uh, it's honestly a huge honor. Like I've always wanted to get to that point and kind of being like a team player on and off the court and just spending time with my team. That's yeah, something special, I guess. Has has there been a turn towards more of like a basketball centric culture over there at Cadillac, or is it kind of just you guys are loaded with talent through and through with uh, freshmen through senior class in the last couple of years? 
Yeah, for sure. We definitely are getting out to like the younger kids and like our camps in the summer are really helping too. And we have some like local travel teams and then all the way through like the junior high and then our younger like freshman and JV teams. It's just kind of all like once they can see like last year when we made it to quarterfinals, once like people can see like what we can actually do, it just like sets the tone for the years to come. Of course. Now, I do want to talk a little bit more about just the situation that we're in right now. Um, mm-hmm. I know, obviously, it was just Friday that the MHSAA kind of, like, put the, the final stamp on winter sports not going to be continued, spring sports, you know, completely done. I mean, just what, what was your reaction to that as, you know, a junior on a run, and how, how have you kind of been able to deal with that? At first, it was very heartbreaking because I played with Kenna for a while now, and we both knew that, like, that was it, and we wouldn't be able to play together again, along with Michaela Knight. And so that was just kind of awful to hear about because we were expecting some, like, big things to come. But we still have, like, the memories of, like, what we did accomplish. And, and we know it's all, like, hard on, like, the whole state, and it's, like, not an easy decision for that. Not, not so, even, yeah. yeah, but not even just in sports, but... um. How are you reacting as a student with finding out that, you know, school is going to be completely canceled for the rest of the year? That's definitely going to be difficult online because I don't have much motivation to do it. But we're starting soon, I think. We have some online work. Yeah, but it's just, it's got to be it's got to be much different not being in class every day. I mean, you've been in that routine for such a long time now. I'm sure that it feels way different in, what, April 5th, being at home on a Monday? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And also, like, with the whole basketball being canceled and everything, there's, like, no distraction, like, going to school to not think about the whole season being over. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard. But now, what, what, are you yeah. doing, what are you doing to stay in shape to, uh, you know, get shots up? What is your, what is your plan um, during this whole, you know, t- downtime? Yeah, well, so I've just kind of been doing, like, individual workouts on my own time because I obviously can't, like, gather with our team and stuff and get some shots up and ball handling every day and just making sure I stay in shape. What are the most interesting things you've been able to do during this whole uh, downtime? Well, I started running, and I usually never run. Like, the last time I ran three miles was probably four years ago. But I did that a few days ago. And it was <laughs> was that out of pure boredom, or was that out of <laughs> you, you were ready to get back into running? <laughs> I just felt super lazy and thought I needed to do something. Hey, well, I mean, at least you turned that into a positive. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> finding positives here and there now. Um I mean, let, let me ask you this question. What do you think the challenges are going to be for, you know, high school athletes who are going to be away from coaches, are going to be away from their teammates, where, where everybody is going to have to individualize their own training? What, are the, what do you think the challenges are for kids over the next few months before, you know, the fall season, you know, hopefully kicks back into swing? It's definitely just going to be about, like, getting a routine in because we won't have that two-hour practice after school and stuff. We kind of just have to take a chunk out of your day to make sure that you're staying in shape and getting the exercise you need and also just like eating healthy without your teammates definitely harder and your coach is there to like push you and work harder how do you how do you find your own intrinsic motivation what motivates you as a person when there's not somebody else kind of breathing down your neck or telling you you need to you know put up 150 shots uh, a day or whatever definitely as like when i got the news that it was canceled i just kind of like loved it like i don't want to lose next year in playoffs so just to keep working harder in the off season like the just doing the little things to make sure that like me individually and our team just gets better as a whole now and i know this might sound a little crazy but do you think that this this whole time off is kind of going to make 
sports a little bit sweeter for everybody uh, come next year? You know what, what, what the possibility of not having it is like. I mean, how much more drive is going to come out of this whole quarantine or all these cancellations as opposed to uh, prior to any of this happening? Yeah, I definitely think it goes with, like, the saying, like, you never know when it'll be your last game and stuff. So, like, it'll make all, like, everybody playing sports more grateful to just be out on the court or the field or wherever with their teammates just to, like, enjoy the moment. Well, we are very grateful for you taking the time uh, <laughs> to, to chat with us and uh, to take the time out of your quarantine to get on the phone and uh, spend some time with us here at the Get Around. Uh, always love having you guys out from Cadillac. And once again, <laughs> congratulations on being selected as our all-region girls player of the year. Um, I know you have plenty of accolades, but, you know, we appreciate you coming on and taking the time and uh, headlining our dream team. Yes, thank you again. Thank you. Another big thank you to our Girls Player of the Year, Molly Anderson, for joining us. That interview is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, they're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak yeah. That is going to lead us into our reveal of our 2019-2020 Record Eagle Girls Basketball All-Region Team. We got six teams and a whole bunch of honorable mention selections. We're going to go through, run through some of those teams. Obviously, Molly Anderson is at the top of that list. Uh, she was, you know, first team All-State in Division Two, and Cadillac only lost one game all year. They were 23-1. and one. She averaged 15.7 points, 8.3 rebounds, 3.2 assists, 4.8 steals, and 1.1 blocks per game. So she was all over the place, uh, tore up the middle, could shoot the ball. Um, she was very good. And she was the Big North Conference MVP. Obviously a, a good selection for our Girls Player of the Year. Also on the Dream Team. I know we talked about these girls last uh, last couple of weeks, but obviously it was it was a tough choice. But great, Glen Lakes Grace Bradford, Kingsley's Brittany Bowman, TC Central's Karina Stewart, Benzie Central's Ellen Bretzky. That's our first team, our Dream Team. This team coached by Brad Fisher. I think we talked about him last week. Set a school record in wins. Took them all the way in. They were in a regional final game. Well, if it was coached right. by Brad Fisher, you'd probably take like half the second team and rotate them in by the first quarter. <laughs> right, right. You <laughs> would need a sixth team. Um, but as we, we had. I mean, we had a we had a uh, a hard time choosing our player of the year. But you know, when it came it was down to it, a lot of debate. It, I think a lot more than the last couple of years. The last few years, it's kind of been clear cut. Yeah, a lot and to, to an extent at least. And this year it was like, I mean, and when we first started this out, there was girls that ended up being on the second team that we were talking about being in the conversation for being player of the year. Literally. So with Olivia Lowe. I mean, we, we've talked a lot about this first team over the last couple of weeks, so I'm not going to dive too much deeper on this first team. Uh, but, yeah, let's go into the second team and talk about some of these girls who are on the on the uh, second team, third team, fourth team, who we really didn't get a chance to talk about over the last couple of weeks. Uh, second team, James, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody who uh, you put on the second team. Uh, the second team is uh, led off by Olivia Lowe, who we have, we have talked about the last few weeks when we talked about that, so I won't go a whole lot into the, into that, but... Um, she is joined by Jaden Weber from East Jordan, uh, senior forward, averaged 18.5 points, 8.7 boards. Um, just, you know, one of the area's better shooters, including from the line. If you, if you let her get to the line, she's going to pile up points there, too. You got the Manton duo of Jaden Wilder and Abby Brown, both on the second team. That was just a duo that was just hard to stop because mm-hmm. you, you, you couldn't focus your defense completely on both of them. So one of them's going to burn you. And they were both, and they, they, their, their styles of play worked really well together with Abby being a shooter, Jaden always going to the basket and kind of kicking out. We had them on the podcast earlier mm-hmm. in the year. Uh, the second team is loaded with podcast guests. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's rounded out by McKenna Bryan, who's also been on the podcast before. So. For episode 100. Yeah. 
Yeah, we know we know McKenna Bryant was one of the better area three point shooters. She broke the school record for three pointers in the game and got uh, all the way up into the, what was it, the top ten for uh, three pointers. I think pointers it was nine. Game. I, can't, I can't remember if it was nine or up in the teens. Yeah, but she she it she was, was up there. Yeah, she was somewhere right in there. Um, so definitely worthy of that second team pick, especially. Uh, Helping Molly to that 23-1 and one record. I mean, there was plenty of other girls on that Cadillac team, but those were two obvious leaders for the team. Andrew, you want to go ahead and run through the th- third team for us? Third team had Paige Kohler from North Bay. I'll brought them to uh, district final. Uh, Shelby Cade from Buckley. Addie Nagel from Charlevoix. She's uh, committed to Lawrence Tech right now with 12 points per game and a 52% clip from the field. Colleen McCarthy from Onekama leading that team all year. And Libby Durr from Bel Air. She's been the senior leader on that just loaded team in D4. Yeah, her stats, I mean, don't recognize really how... I think she could have piled up the stats if they didn't run that style of offense and she played the majority, you know, 32 minutes a game or 30 or whatever. But, I mean, it's the way they play that frenetic... Uh, that, 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 that's a five-girl team. That's what I mean. Anytime they're on the floor, you got five scorers who are going to... who if yeah. who, Who's open, that's who's taking the shot. And I think that's what Brad yeah. Fisher kind of ingrained into them as well. And on this third team, you've got two, two girls who led all of the players that we cover in a statistical category and that Paige Kohler led everybody in steals 7.2 a game unreal that's a ridiculous and average. that doesn't and that to be honest with you it seems it seems like an incredibly inflated number but after well, watching her play no she jumps lanes and fast break points on fast break points and they press too I yeah. mean, you know use pressure defense so some of it comes from that but i mean it's still it's still impressive and then Colleen McCarthy led the area with 4.9 blocks per game that's Swat City right there. You ain't getting nothing in her house. Yeah, well, I mean, she's like six foot tall. She's athletic. And she had so she moves well on the other side. So you yeah, know, you so she didn't have to worry and... about giving up. She had a health help help defense on the other side. So yeah, yeah. Well, third team definitely just as strong. I know we talked about this last week when we kind of did like the boys. It was just like, man, you could really like. Uh, it would be really fun to like put these teams up against each other the way that we have them formulated and see how it would go. I I mean, some of these teams would give each other a really good run for their money. All right, let's move on to the fourth team for the girls. Uh, Megan Drasinski from Gaylord St. Mary, the senior forward. Uh, she was the leading scorer for the Snowbirds with 14 points a game. Coming from Charlevoix was Taylor Petrosky, the senior forward there. With at least stuck out, she had to do a lot throughout the regular season. Addie Nagel running the point. She was down on the block and was able to really kind of fill in for that role. Charlevoix very, very well this season, even though they didn't have our reigning player of the year and a Division One commit to Michigan for the majority of their season. What, they got two games out of her in the playoffs, maybe one? Yeah, she came and played the last game of the regular season, I believe, that uh, game against St. Francis, I think it was. And then, yeah, and then they played in the playoffs, and that was, uh, that was it. Yeah, and they didn't get much of the playoffs in before everything shut down, so... You know, she didn't get a whole lot in there. Charlevoix is one of those teams. I think they were like the St. Francis for the, on the girls' side because once Elise Stuck, yeah. once Elise Stuck went down, everybody's like, "Well, I don't, I don't think they're going to be yeah, that good," sure. or anything, you know. And then they went 19 games. Tara Mayday from Johannesburg, Lewiston, the junior, uh, impressive. She was first team All Ski Valley, averaged 16.4 points and 7.2 rebounds a game. So no slouch there on our fourth team. I mean, that is going to give you some trouble down low. Uh, the Traverse City St. Francis leader, Cam Schaub, uh, we know that she was really a catalyst on that team, grabbed a lot of boards for them, averaging 9.2 a game, averaged 12.5 points. And then rounding out the fourth was Reagan Thor from Frankfurt, who unfortunately tore her ACL um, right at the end of the season 
and uh, was unable to finish out the year. But throughout the year, averaged 13.5 points and 7.5 rebounds for Frankfurt. She's been good the last couple of years. I'm hoping she can recover, but slide in there on the fourth team. What about fifth team? So I got some pretty good stats coming up here in the fifth team. I mean, uh, Margaret Stosio from Kalkaska, 17 points and 4 steals per game. You know, she was first team all Lake Michigan Conference, finished just shy a thousand points for a career and hit one hundred threes. JC Summers from Bel Air, freshman center came in, averaged eleven point two points, six point seven boards, two point four steals, and two point three blocks um, in her first season. That was a real big addition for for Bel Air, and I think a reason why they were much more capable of making a long run this year is because they had somebody with some size in the middle. Yeah, when the rest of that team is not very big at all. No, no. I mean, they play the press because that's what that's what the personnel lands itself to. And you got uh, another center, Finch Vandeman from Central Lake, 13.6 points, 9.8 boards, two steals, two assists a game. She's playing at Aquinas College. And then we got a couple of guards, Kinsey Jeffers from Gaylord St. Mary. Um, she's only a sophomore, um, averaged uh, 10 points a game, but I mean, she is just a hyper-aggressive player on the court. Just will take you off the dribble, and if she doesn't beat you off the dribble, she's probably going to get fouled and go to the line. Emily Grant from Lake Lunau St. Mary, another sophomore, more of a forward actually, uh, 12.8 points per game, shot 46% from the field, 77 from the free throw line, 6.9 boards a game. She was a co-captain of the team as a sophomore. We got one more team to run up. We're not going to go through all the honorable mentions. You'll have to look at the full version online or in the Record Eagle print edition to find all the people who made honorable mention. But, Andrew, let's go ahead and have you run us through our final team, our sixth team of our girls' all-region basketball. Our sixth team has Shelby Scott from Elk Rapids. She's a senior with uh, 10, 5, and 2, 32% from the three-point range, and 78% from the free-throw line. That's, that's something. Like If you're making the charity stripe, you can't really complain there. Aaliyah Deal from TC West, all Big North Conference, one of the standouts on that team. Mackenzie Shimshack from Forest Area, second team Ski Valley selection with 13 points per game. Claudia Burley from GT Academy, and then Tegan Griffor from Mantelona. If I, re- if I remember correctly, she's a four-year varsity uh, starter. Senior, main safety Ironman, 12 points per game, almost half her rebounds came on the offensive end. She got 3.9 per game. Obviously, with six full teams, there was a lot of good girls basketball players in our area this year. A lot of parity. There was a lot of girls in that, you know, 10 to 15 point range. I mean, there was even some had a couple, a couple different teams had a couple different girls averaging up there. Uh, so congratulations to all the girls who made our all region teams, whether it be first team or sixth team. Uh, you definitely deserve it, no matter, uh, no matter where mention. we got you. What's that? Or honorable mention. You can put together yeah. a heck of a team from this honorable mention list. I mean, you want to toss a couple out there? I mean, you could put Wisniewski right in the middle. Grace Fosby. If you want your center. I mean, there you go from the honorable mention team. Haley Allen, Jessica Robbins, Jenna Cole, Malia Reno. I mean, there's there's a lot of good names on the uh, on the honorable mention. Yeah. So if we didn't mention you on the podcast, don't worry, we got you mentioned in the newspaper. So pick up a copy of Sunday's Record Eagle. That segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. That's going to push us into our retroactive Hall of Fame, where we induct three members into the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. We have people who had stellar seasons but were not voted in. Some of these people were nominated and had a lot of chances to get in, but just quite didn't make it. Uh, We have three new people. Andrew, 
you go ahead and go first. Who's your Who's your uh, first retroactive, or I guess it would actually be our second re- retroactive choice to going back into the Hall of Fame? Chase LeJoey from Gaylord, a uh, wrestler. I was looking at his stats the other day for our wrestling all-region team that's coming up this weekend, and the dude teched like half of his opponents during his uh, varsity career. So yeah, and it's a, and a state runner-up. Yeah, and then it's impressive how he teched people too. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times you see Texas is like a, a 15 nothing, 16 to nothing win, but he's teching people 20 to 5, which means you take like him the down, first, he take, you, you take him down, you let him up. You take him down, you let him up. You take him down, you let him up. I mean, that that is just, you know, that one, that, that five or six points that the other guy got was all escapes, one right. point escapes. And then every time he probably got taken right down again. It's just like, that's like a boss move for somebody who just is completely confident that they are going to just take you down again to let you back up. Uh, I'm going to go with Molly Anderson from, from Cadillac. We haven't had her in yet this season. Uh, our girls basketball player of the year kind of got to be in there. Uh, I'm going to put in TC Christian's Brock Broderick. We uh, had him, I believe, he was on like our fifth team of all region, but, I mean, he was a driver of that team. He scored somewhere around like 18 points a game or something like that. Like 20. 19. Yeah, like. so, I mean, definitely had a good season. Brock Broderick, I mean, he's only a sophomore as well. He's a young kid, so bright future ahead for him. But, yeah, fellas, we have plenty more of retroactive or – these might not even these. It might turn from retroactive to like proactive as spring sports has been canceled. Uh, we're gonna continue putting kids in the Hall of Fame. We know who who we at least expected to do well. Um, we know kids who uh, you know did very well in spring sports last year. So we're gonna keep the Hall of Fame rolling. We're not just gonna cut it out because there ain't no sports going on. Uh, we still have some retroactive people that I think we want to put in before we get all the way. Uh, until we, you know, project into the future. But, yeah, if you guys have any nominations on Twitter, on Facebook, anybody who should be going into the Hall of Fame, you know, for their performance over the spring or, or what, what their performance would be over the spring or, you know, their performance over the winter sports season, please let us know. You know, there's plenty of people who I know deserve the recognition and deserve a chance to get into the club with uh, all these amazing athletes. So, and maybe we missed somebody. I'm sure that's what I mean. I'm sure we did. I absolutely guarantee somebody slipped through the cracks. Somebody, somebody got into the Hall of Fame, and then there's somebody else that's like, well, this person was better than them. Oh, I guarantee you. And I, it, it probably happens every single week. Uh, let us know if there's anybody you want to put in the Hall of Fame. The Get Around Hall of Fame is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. They're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's freak yeah. Alrighty, and for our trifecta today, Andrew thought it'd be a good idea to tell you our work from home space. Yeah. What we're doing and how we're managing to make this all happen from our humble abodes. The one place where you probably haven't moved much more than uh, 20 feet the last two weeks if you've been listening. From my perspective, I don't even have a table that's like, wait, like, yay high. Like, I just have like my living room coffee table that I could work on. So, like, I don't even do that. I literally have been locked, like, chair locked in my lazy boy. Like, recliner up, legs up, just laptop on the lap, notebooks all next to me. I Literally, the majority of, like, my phone calls have literally just been made me chilling on my lazy boys. So, like, that's my work from home. I mean, I'm, I'm looking into getting a new iPad, so that would be a little bit more seamless. But That was, uh, that was me in college. I didn't really, uh, I had a desk, but I didn't really sit at it because uh, our living room couch was so comfortable that I uh, kind of claimed the corner of it to myself, so... That would be where I work 90% of the time. And it would be like the same propped up position too. What are you doing now? What am I doing now? Oh, glad you asked. I have a desk at my uh, house in Traverse City. It's really small. I got it. It's like really the cheapest ones I got on Amazon. I have a desk chair too. But the desk chair is kind of like too big for the desks. And I'm, I'm a tall guy. So like when I recline back to like relax in the desk, 
my legs hit the outer cardboard parts i ended up getting like welts in it because i'm trying to it requires so 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 what i ended up doing is i put a pillow on the windowsill and i face towards the window now so i can see outside when i'm working i i totally understand why dogs go absolutely crazy when you want to go on a walk with them now how are you uh, how are you holding up working from home i just pretty much have my computer or my laptop set up on uh, the living room our living room table and piles and piles of uh sheets of paper ripped out of notebooks after each interview and stuff i I, i've actually started putting them in one big pile i'm like so at the end of this i'll be like have every interview that i did while i was on quarantine quarantine during this and it's already like i don't know probably six inches high of just notebook paper ripped out so what's your general uh attire then when you're working from home it's actually hilarious uh well it hasn't changed much i have like yeah, no, but I have like I have like a rotating like three pair of like sweatpants and like several hoodies that I'd normally just like put on when I get home from work to lounge around the house anyways. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this much the it hasn't changed. It's been sweatpants, but the Record Eagle Zoom meetings, I think they all came at me cuz like two days in a row I wore the same hoodie. And I'm like, you think I even showered before this Zoom meeting? No, I haven't changed my clothes since yesterday. Who cha- I woke up. Who showers hoodies between days? Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, and what? Like, I had to change them? No. No, it's a, it's a hoodie. It's a hoodie. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's the same attire as I normally have on in my house all the time. Sweatpants and a hoodie. I've been, uh, I've probably done a shocking amount of interviews um, while I am uh, in a robe propped up in my bed upstairs. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering what you're talking to on the other side of the phone. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. so creepy. I'm just sitting That's there. I'm just so sitting creepy. there in a robe. Well, Not yeah. just a robe. Probably just a robe. <laughs> That's so creepy. What else do you what else do you wear when you have a robe on? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, I've been chilling in my chair. I actually broke my lazy boy because like this is the thing, is that I don't like you don't always want to be like sitting straight up when you have like the laptop in your lap and everything. You want to recline a bit. But, like, when I have my laptop in my lap, sometimes I, like, have this habit of sitting Indian style, even when, like, the recliner's up, so I can, like, kind of prop it up better. And I ended up sitting too far back while it was reclined on basically the back end of it and completely busted two of the screws on the restrictor on the inside. So, like, it literally just goes... So it's completely busted. I'm going to need a new Lazy Boy by the time this is all over with. But make sure you like, share, comment, retweet. Keep this podcast alive while everybody's on quarantine. We'd appreciate it. And shoot us any story ideas. Yeah. Any sports stuff that's going on. Yeah. At all. Personality Literally. stuff. Whatever. Scandals. Whatever you got. Send them our way. Did you take a run? Uh, I'll write about you. Now, one, one, one last <laughs> thing we have to do just before we end this episode is update you on the winner of James's famed Starch Madness. I do apologize, James. I was working very hard on keeping us informed on COVID-related news, and that poll only lasted about two hours today. Well... The winner of Starch Madness, which once again it, it may have been a little late. We had we only and had I may have published the wrong poll in the morning. Yeah, Andrew, <laughs> I don't know how he did that. I I, I know easily how I did that. I was I woke up and I'm like, God, I gotta post the Starch Madness results. Well, Andrew posted the wrong final in a robe. Were you in a robe? No. Surprisingly enough, Hash Browns, the champion of Starch Madness. I did not think that was going to be the winner. If you think there's a protest, let us know in the comments. It, be, it beat Curly I, Fries out in the final. I do love me some hash browns. I'm like, surprised that it won, but, man, I do love hash browns. There Maybe were I, a lot of close matchups in this thing. We're not going to run through them, but people like their starches in Traverse City. In well, I, I mean, just in general, yeah. I feel like this is going to be a little bit harder. A lot a lot more 53-47 type of matches than when there you're were a lot that beer were, 
52-48. Yeah, but when you're when you're putting when instead of when you're putting beer against pop, I think that this is gonna be a <laughs> bit a bit harder of a decision um, there. But I mean, hash browns. Maybe everybody's just missing. I mean, I feel like not not too many people make hash browns regularly. Well, there's a reason why McDonald's offers 24-hour breakfast now, and hash browns is one of the things they did. I don't even think that's like a ha- that's not even a hash brown to me. Hash browns is something though, like whenever I go out for breakfast. Yes, yeah, me too. Because I don't eat. Give eggs. me some hash browns on the side. Yes, I don't eat eggs, but I want hash browns. And at the oh, same time, a nice, when Kurt- a nice omelet with hash browns. Oh, I know you hate eggs. I don't get it, but, but you I know. Eat, just just but, the hash browns. Ugh. And yeah. at the same time, when curly fries are being offered over regular fries, you take the curly fries, right? Yeah, mo- mo- most definitely, almost always. But I think that the curly fries might have had a bit of a, you know, a slide in because not too many people offer curly fries, you know? So it's like, yeah, those are good. I really like those. I want those. But that's what I thought is, you know, a lot of these starches are still available via fast food during this quarantine, so. I think the uh, thing that makes curly fries so awesome is be- that because they're all curled up, you can get more salt on them, and they're more thicker, you know? Sure. You could be eating like a foot-long fry that's curled up into two inches. That's going to do it for episode 120 of The Get Around. We are going to give it a break on the brackets for the week. We are actually going to come back and do a much more extensive bracket. Now that we know sports is done and over with for quite a while, we're going to dive back into the original Get Around brackets where we're going to do some 64 or 32 item brackets. 64, I think it would be good. And we're going to run... We could send that thing out like four weeks. Yeah, we're going to run them over uh, over the course of like a month. So uh, keep a lookout for those. We will update you on what they will be. Keep it locked here at the Get Around for more news and sports. Anything that, you know, happens in high school sports, we will keep you updated here. This is the place for it. If there is anything, if there's not, this is still the place for you to come and get away from your quarantine blues, just like the rest of us. So... As always, we thank you so much for listening to hear us here at the Get Around. We will see you for episode 121.